Hey everybody, welcome back to Tom Girl. Tonight you are in for a good one because you never know what might come out of this guy's mouth. But it's a good thing he's been getting paid to talk for many, many years. We have commercial and VO actor Scott Parkin. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Little mellow music, a cold, rainy night in L.A. Yeah, I can't think of anybody I'd rather spend this night with than you, Mr. Oh, Scott Parkin. Come on, that's crazy. <laughs> It's so nice to see you. I don't think I've seen you in a while. Yeah. We spent a lot of time in Atlanta at the convention, but we it's sure been a did. while. Good You're a busy girl. Yeah. Well, you too. And well, thank you for coming in, in and trekking through the rain today. To we get don't here. get a lot of rain normally, but now it's really coming down. So people in L.A. are actually doing okay driving now. They, they, yeah. What and happens yeah. once every six months, they're horrible. But this is better. And I've completely transitioned because, you know, still the weather here is nothing like the Midwest and no. Nebraska and other places no. where they're getting piled and piled yeah. of snow. But, you know, all of us LA people bring out the beanies and the hats. You were in with the hat today. We yes, all do I it wear during a hat the every day. But I love it. When it gets below 70, everyone's like, oh my God, sweaters, sweaters, Ugg boots. It's the so, little things. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, I want to talk about you tonight. I know okay. so much about you, but there's so much more I need to know. So, I overshare on Facebook a lot. I love it. I really do. It was great I'm to do research on you and go to your Facebook. It's easy. So, yeah, easy, everybody right? check out his Facebook and oh, his gosh. Instagram feeds. Fantastic. Oh, Lots thank of good you. Thank you. I've got a couple. I've started doing it gives me the excuse to be on there so much. So I have like I have uh, America's commercial actor Scott Parkin mm-hmm. is a page. And then I have uh, uh, real stories from a, a reluctant adult. So my story page, because everyone kept going, hey, you write really good stories. Why don't you put them all in one place? So that gives me the, you know, the illusion that there's actually work being done. Now, tell me about the America's Favorite Commercial Actor, because you have done thousands of commercials on camera, VO, radio spots, all kinds of things. So I think, I, you know, I, I started in commercials when I was in my 20s. I did a radio commercial for KZAP in Sacramento, right? And I think I said the word repetition like eight times. You like your music, but you don't like repetition. You don't like things repeated. You don't like the same song over, and it was horrible. But uh, I, I weaseled my way into the morning show because I was funny on the audition. I was still in college, and it was with Kevin Boom Boom Anderson and K-Zap in Sacramento, Sacramento's best rock. So it was one of those, you know, this, I'm old, so it was back in the late 70s, early 80s. So that, that was kind of how that went. I started doing commercials almost before I started doing radio. Mm-hmm. And then um, did radio for 11 years, bounced around with the highest paid migrant workers because you get fired and you have all your stuff. I can't cuss, can I? I you should. can cuss. Okay. You have all your shit in the middle <laughs> of the country. And that, like, like I got the I got my first gig in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they had, I was from Sacramento, uh, middle class, you know, suburb of Sacramento. And they called me and I had done a, a, a couple bits with the morning guy and he had made a tape and sent it out, and they said, yeah, we'd like you to come out to audition in Oklahoma. Have you ever been? And I said, it's it's one of the square ones in the middle, right? Because I'd, <laughs> I'd never, the, the furthest east I'd been was the Nevada side of Heavenly Valley Ski Resort. Because we're all, you know, just skiing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they they said, okay, well, we're, you know, we did it, and they're going to move you out there. So I did it for, I think, a year and a half, two years, and then and then we got fired. New management. Uh-huh. And uh, we had just gotten jackets and <laughs> like members only jackets. And there was a big meeting and they said, uh, listen, we're changing formats and uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to let you all go. And, and of course, being a 23 year old guy who left college to go into radio, I said, 
Oh man, we just got jackets. <laughs> all the old guys, all the old guys were like, "Oh, look at the look at the unjaded guy. Well done." So then, you know, you got all your shit, and you're in the middle of the country. all your shit. I I had a couch and a yeah. microwave. So then I was like, um, "Okay." So I put an ad in the paper that said, "Hey, come meet Z104 personality Scott Parkin. Talk about old times. Take yeah, and buy his stuff." <laughs> so I had a garage sale and. Moved back to Sacramento and then bounced around. Ended up in Dallas for about um, 10 years mm-hmm. doing uh, morning radio and improv. Started doing improv there. And once you do improv, I, I did stand up. I, would, I had like, you know, a good 16 minutes of horrible material I could do in front of. I opened for Dennis Miller and Emo <sighs> Phillips and Rob Scheidner, that, you know, those uh-huh. guys back in the day. I was not, I was okay. It was much better with the crowd and improv. And once you do improv, I, once I did improv, I didn't want to do stand-up anymore because stand-up is so gutting hard. You have to mm-hmm. refine and work a joke, and then by the time you're you're done working it, you're sick of it, but you got to use it because it's there's a club owner going, all right, that was a good laugh. That was, you know. So yeah. once, I, once I tried improv with uh, my buddy Ed Yeager and Tom Blackwood with Four to Five Doctors, I just I was like, oh, my God, this is every pore in your body opens, and it's the biggest rush no one's coming to get you, and you, my head already moves really quickly. <laughs> so I was just thrilled, and so improv was the the thing for me. So you didn't have some of the fear, like a lot of people have the fear of improv of oh, no, what's going to come to my mind. What do I have? Like it was more. I, I definitely had that fear, but uh, a fair amount of pot and a couple of beers really helped. <laughs> Back then, I couldn't do that. Now, there's no way I could do what we did. We would have a thing called Gentlemen's Club outside and we would you know take a couple tokes and jump on stage there's no way i could do that (laughs) not a chance the pot is way too strong it's way too strong uh and and my head isn't as fast as it was but yeah once you start doing improv in a group and then you 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 get to do that and it's cross-cultural it works and so much commercial auditioning is improv and there's even a lot i worked in um i worked on gary unmarried with my buddy ed yeager at cbs and that you know, a lot of the in the joke room, you're improvising and trying to find areas to beat jokes. So, improv has been sort of a mainstay. Mm-hmm. I teach kids improv mm-hmm. at uh, Gray Studios, improv and commercial acting, and that is most days just a friggin' blast mm-hmm. because watching f- four to ten year olds improvise, they have no filter. It's wonderful. It's yeah, kids are all the best for just keeping keeping everything real and true. But I, want, I do want to get into all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have a shot of you with, oh with the God, kids yeah, there. My kids. Yeah, my kids. My kids have booked literally like I think last year they booked a hundred commercials. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. It's yeah. pretty amazing. And you see some of them. Some of them like like Aria and Rainy and Piper. I've had for a long time. And others you see for like a month or two months, and then you see them on TV somewhere, or you mm-hmm. don't. My thing is. I, I'm, I think I'm talking too fast, but I I really like confidence, and I really try because not everyone's going to hang out in show business. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Right? But I always <laughs> I always preach. Listen, this is this is about confidence, and we want them to be happy and confident. If they hate it, don't make them do it. Mm-hmm. Don't what, make them do it. What are things that you learned from the kids? Oh my God, um, I I learned just to lose any filter that I did have and uh, patience. You learn yeah. patience, and you realize you can't go, look, you can't do that, you know, if, and they they're start to tear up, and you're like, oh, my gosh, no, no, we're all good, it's all good, but, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, and, then you, and you realize you have to, I really pride myself on being able to teach to each person's level, 
in the mm-hmm. same in the same room, which is not easy because you have a bunch of different levels and you have a bunch of emotional different levels. I got four year olds next to ten year olds, so you got to pair up the right. It, it teaches you how to be more patient and to just just be a nicer. I think mm-hmm. just to be nicer <laughs> and just to just to go. Oh, you know how great because my daughter's eighteen. And I really like uh, kids at that age, and and so it's fun to, and then and then the parents, some of the parents are so nice. They, they give you gifts and they give you accolades, and they're just they're like, listen, she loves this class. I don't know if we're going to be in acting for a while, but she just loves it here, and we're going to keep coming as long as you're here. And it just gives you, you know, it, it takes a lot for me to drive from Venice to the Valley every Saturday. <laughs> I know it sounds that's a weird, commitment. But I would rather yeah. be on the beach most days, but. <laughs> Um, most days you go there and if you're bummed out or if you've, you know, you know, our business, it's mm-hmm. just filled with friggin' rejects and like, okay, thanks. Okay. Well, if you don't like me, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> no. Okay. Still don't. Okay. Great. <laughs> it's a lot of rejection. Yeah, mm-hmm. So when you, when you feel like crap and you go in there and they're all like, oh my God, they're dancing around. They're just like doing fake interviews. And, and when they get stuff and they, they, you know, we play freeze tag and we do all kinds of like standard improv drills that you do with adults. And it just gives you, it just, it makes me happy. I'm liking yeah. teaching a lot. My yeah. mom is a teacher for 35 years, master's degree in special ed and oh, two master's great. degrees. Sorry, mom, two master's. <laughs> I said that the other day. I said, yeah, you got a master's degree. She said, two, two. Well, I mean, and she was a single mom too. Wow. So she did all that training for her master's degree while it was just she and I at the house. Yeah. So. And special ed is, it takes very special people to do that as well. My she cousin's is a special ed teacher. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Just, mm-hmm. And what's very interesting is that Miranda started out very, my daughter Miranda, started out very early. She tested gifted early because her mom insisted on having her tested, even though everyone's lost. Like, oh, can we just wait? Very, everyone knew, right? It was already yeah. a thing. So she liked, I had, I yelled at a kid and she goes, Dad! That is a special kid. Lower your voice. And she's six. <laughs> so, and she read really early. So she would go and read with the special ed, read to the special ed kids. So I was working in that in the special ed class, and the and I said, "Can Miranda come in?" And they said, "Oh no, they love Miranda." I'm like, oh, because someone their own age yeah. is just phenomenal for them, and she's always loved that. She's a great teacher, and works great with kids. She teaches kids art. You know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. teaching is kind. Of, I'm, I'm pro teacher. pro teacher. I was raised That's by teach. My mom was, and I was in okay. teachers' rooms, which was when you're a kid and you're in elementary school, and you go to my mom's school, which was Pershing. I went to Fair Oaks, right? Mm-hmm. And you go in the teachers' room, and some kid sees you come out of there, and they're like, "It's like you're a civilian, and you've gone behind military lines." Yep. It was uh, so. I was raised yeah. around teachers, and. So and yeah. our teachers are on strike right now. So yeah. walked the picket line yesterday with them, helped them put a couple easy ups and we're going to go out again tomorrow and yeah. bring some coffee and, um, and, uh, it's rainy and, yeah. uh, they're out on the streets. Yeah. Marching. I know. I feel bad for both of my parents were teachers too. Really? And my grandma. So yeah, I know everything, what you're saying. Oh, I used man. to love to go to my parents' schools and then run and like get a play in the gyms at their school yes, with like yes, nobody's yes. there. Exactly. Like it was just we like a giant vo- volleyball <laughs> on Tuesday nights. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. And then yeah. lots of Miller lights afterwards. <laughs> I didn't unfortunately get to do that. No, no, but... I was seven. I didn't oh. drink, but that was the big drink. I was like, Hey, it's a light beer. It was brand new. <laughs> this is how old I am. I was born in 62. So I thought you were cracking them open back at seven. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. 
you know, construction worker at seven. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I want to talk more about your daughter a little bit because I okay. love, she's so talented and I want to hear about raising a Tom girl. Um, but I want to dive back to the radio just for a bit. Sure, no, For go. people maybe that are interested that might be listening in a career in, in radio, do you have, <sighs> uh, like, yeah, advice? Is, you or know, ha- I think this is radio. I think what yeah. you're doing, what you do here and what everyone does here, podcasts are what radio used to be like. No, very few rules, uh, and you could just cut loose. I got out of radio, by the time I got out of radio in 90, I'd come back from the 90, I covered the uh, Albertville Olympics in France, where Bonnie Blair won her five mm. back in the day. And when I got back, I came in and tried the door code, and it was like, oh, well, the door code doesn't work. That's weird. They only do that when somebody's, been, oh, okay. Let me ask Shelly. She- oh, okay, Shelly's not there. I've been fired. And so that was the last time, and that station got sold and flipped like four times. So radio is a just, I don't know that I could advise anybody because it's such a different beast. Mm-hmm. It seems like, like our business in voiceover that it's expanded. There's never been more opportunity, and there's never been more competition or less money. <laughs> so yep. I feel like the people, my buddy Paul Slavens has a great public radio show in, in Dallas, and they can record everything all ahead of time and lay in the music ahead of time all on a file and roll it. So it's not the live radio thing. Well, his is live some days, but when he's gigging, it's not. This is not advice. This is just me rambling. <laughs> that reminds me of a funny story, JJ, when I was in radio at WWRIY. Um, I would say if you're passionate about it and you really like it, find where your niche is. Find who you like. I really used to like Don Imus. I like Stern, but I was more of an Imus guy. Cause, uh, and my buddy John Rohde in Dallas is still one of the one of the best freeform radio cats in the world where they just crack the mic and go, wow, what's going on out there? And just roll, you know. That, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, I think, is less prevalent as, right now, here's, you know, uh, Death of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco. And then they go right into the music. So I would say be passionate about it. Work on your, your vocal skills and your diction and uh, put together a nice demo and start sending it out. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep, that sure right. does. And then for you, how would you make that? <laughs> I know, yeah. I, wish, I need my laptop and we could and actually. And here's take, Radar Love. We could actually ask questions. Now, for you making the transition into being a VO and commercial actor and doing your improv, but what was the decision to do that and how hard was it for you to break into VO and get that success you've had? The decision was made for me when they fired me the last time. But at that point in time, I had already started doing voiceover a fair amount and started to do a lot of improv and on camera stuff and so I didn't make another tape after that after I got fired in Dallas from KZPS I I had a good agent Kim Dawson was there and I was already starting to knock down some okay money doing what is now called the conversational real read and improvising for VO which is what I teach by the way um, I didn't know that's what it was I just didn't I didn't sound like a lot of the other people right now you get five of those for just eight dollars I just didn't I, I didn't have the 18 testicles I didn't I, I just didn't have that I just talked the way I talked and so I had already started doing that and I started writing and I just never made another tape after that because mm-hmm. it was I was making enough money doing the other thing and being on stage every week and it was very cool, and, and we had a you know a fairly good corporate business. My old partner Tom Blackwood was a really good manager, so our improv group would do corporate gigs at Disney World, or we'd do you know gigs all over the place and a lot of parties. So I was making enough cheese, and I was kind of a dumbass hippie living in a house in East Dallas, hanging out with the new, the new Bohemians, and you know playing frisbee golf. So 
that was <laughs> a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really feel a lot of pressure to to go back into radio because it was it was an easy path for me. Mm-hmm. Great agent. I really loved it. I've always loved good radio. Loman and Barkley were my heroes from L.A. I used to get tapes of them. And I, I love radio. I love radio commercials. A lot of people are like, oh, you booked a gig? Oh, it's radio? Oh, I'm like, no, man, give me the radio. Yeah. I love radio. Mm-hmm. And I love this really to me is the new radio. Mm-hmm. So it's what radio used to be. Mm-hmm. Freeform, very little rules, and a very intimate audience. Mm-hmm. It's very weird because people would really think that they know you when they're on the radio. When you listen to it, they listen to you every yeah. morning. Yeah. And they're like, I listen to you naked all the time. I'm in the shower. <laughs> so they feel like they really know. So they'll come up and just, and I would, you know, as, I, as I've already proved here by saying 50 words per second. And my Facebook pages, I talk about my personal life a lot. My heart is on my sleeve, everything. It's all out there. Mm-hmm. It's not great for my daughter or for me, <laughs> but it is the way it is, and I don't know how else to go at it. So they would come up and go, oh, I'm sorry you broke up with Pamela. Are you mm-hmm. okay? I'm like, thanks. I forgot I shared that, but yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. But I think this is that way. This is that way yeah. too. It's a lot more intimate. Yeah, it definitely is true about the morning radio, especially think out here in LA too, where we're in our cars so much. I mean, I yeah. listen to the same people every morning, and you do feel like you know so yeah. much in their lives because they're sharing it's true. and talking I, about I, it. I, I did a in France. Kevin and Kevin was from Kevin and Bean. Mm-hmm. I still think those two guys are some of the best guys in radio. Um, I really like that cat. He's been he's been around forever. We were in France together, um, staying at the. It was really cool because the head of Coca Cola, we Coca Cola had said, "Hey, bring all these radio teams from all over the country." There's guys from Philly and New York and Chicago and L.A. and Dallas, and we were the guys from Dallas. And the head of Coca Cola had this like five room chalet at the top of Courcheval, which is like the Aspen of the area. Albreville was like a shit town. It was like a little industrial corporate town at the bottom of the hill. But Courcheval was this, you know, and it was a yeah, so we got to stay. He his he and his wife separated or something, so he didn't come over. Sorry, I, I know it's been twenty years, but I, <laughs> I don't blame myself. Um, but it was this giant chalet. So we stayed in this fantastic chalet for five days and just went to all these Olympic event, events. Yeah. Was ama- it was just amazing. It was so weird because you'd have to leave for a, an event. They had drivers and everything, and you'd have to leave an event for an event four hours before the event to get through securities. And there's guys with machine guns, and you go by them, and uh, and you go like we went to the I think the ninety meter hill, the you know the the, jump, <laughs> the jumping one, which I was fucking just thrilled. It was so great, and it was right when the Soviet Union had broken up, so it was the first time Estonia had a an actual skier in an event, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, because it's always been Russia for the longest time since they borrowed Estonia from the Estonians. I don't want to get shot by any <laughs> Rus- <laughs> a lot of Russians, a lot of dicey Russians. But anyway, so there's one guy, one Estonian guy, and everyone in the Swiss had their giant bells, and the other people had horns and flags. There was one Estonian guy who was so happy each time their their skier was horrible, but he'd go off the thing, and he would just wave this huge flag, and we'd all go. And the Estonian crowd goes wild. <laughs> Look at them go. Uh, it was just f- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And each little town up the hill as you went. Sorry, this is Tangentville. Sorry, but each little town, each little uh, town on the way up had the, their own cheese. They made their own type of cheese. And then mm-hmm. at the restaurants up top, there was this giant, God, it was like a wheel of cheese next to a space heater. Huh. And, and at each little segment was from another town that you just went through. 
and they would heat it up and they'd take a stick and put it on a baguette and hand oh. it to you. It's like Jesus heroin, man. Yeah. It's so good. It was just I loved yeah. Fred. It was a blast. Uh, how great to get to have that adventure you yeah. know, doing something that you loved. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. And then I got fired when I got back and got into oh, voiceover and, and TV. So. <laughs> well, get sticking into the TV. Yeah, yeah. You've also been on a lot of I look up and I saw you just the other day. I'm like, did I just see your face on a Walgreens, Walgreens spot? Well, you'd have to look so, real close. I saw it though. Yes. So yes. Uh, how have you kind of cracked the nut, so to say, on the commercial world out here? Because it can be tough to again break into that as well and get you know, as much I, success as you had i came out i had i had a, a couple of things when I, I moved out in 98 but i'd come out for pilot season and failed miserably at pilots because i didn't have a theatrical agent which apparently yeah, i guess you need um but i so i ended up doing commercials commercials were a little simpler for me to try and crack than look it's not my baby. Okay, I can't do. I couldn't do soap operas. I couldn't do any of that. So commercials were a little easier for me to get in. I, I I'm comfortable in front of the camera, improvise well. So and I tried really hard. I just tried really hard. I would go anywhere, drive anywhere, anytime to audition. So I got mm-hmm. a good agent. I mean, I have a really good agent now. I'm with DPN for on camera, and for I've been with uh, Jeff uh, for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So and I've been with Jennifer for about five. So you have to have a really solid agent, and you have to train, and you have to reinvent yourself. And yeah, part of our job is not getting depressed, mm, and yeah. it's depressing. So yeah, yeah. Sure. so surfing, the beach, the kid, you know, the couch, all those things. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. I don't want to say balance, <laughs> but it keeps you from you know taking a bath and throwing the toaster yeah. in. One hopes, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, to pre- there's. I would say improvisation is probably one of the best skills you can have if you want to get into commercials mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. so much is improvised. Even if there's a big audition for something today where there was a couple, you know, a couple lines, but you can open. He said, you know, do what you want up front, and then I got nothing at the end. So, so they, you know, I I button it and I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you don't want to see your stuff being used without you. That's happened to me in two Super Bowl spots where they used my joke and didn't use me. And that's really frustrating. Mm. But I'm not going to stop because it's my edge. Mm -hmm. It gets me many more, you know, callbacks. All I want to do when I'm doing a commercial audition is get to the callback. Because if you can get to the callback, then you get to work with the director and the creative people. And then if they like the way you do stuff and they see that you can take direction and collaborate, Mm -hmm. then it's all a... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking coin toss. <laughs> so it's like, huh, his forehead is different. His ear, one eye is, you know, then it's all out of your hands. Mm-hmm. I'll tell my kids and anybody that I coach, what can you control? Can you be taller? Can you change your hair color? Can you be prettier than that person or bigger? Can you have more hair? No. Can't control any of that stuff. So you've got to flush all that stuff and can control what you can control. Mm-hmm. And I, I firmly believe that. I'm not saying I do that, mm-hmm. but that's what you you got to flush all that stuff. Because the second you go, oh, dude, that guy, that guy's, that guy's lighter than me. He, oh, I've seen that guy in so many things. Yeah. I've seen that guy everywhere. He's really freaking good. Then you're yeah. not in the moment, and you for that little brief time, you got to stay 
present. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a super good point because you walk in those rooms and, and there's 40 other people that yeah. have the same type as you or look exactly. as you. And you. Yeah. And then you would. You, so your advice. Yeah. I want to get down to the tips that yeah, you tell yeah, yeah, sure. that you teach your students. So one thing that like you said for people who may have missed what he was going with there, if you have a script and there are, um, you, there's lines on there that you, you have to say in the audition, but right. you'll go ahead and throw in your own either at the top or at the or somewhere throughout. I will. To, like, if, they ask, if, if they ask me to, to, to you know, hey, have fun with it because they can't legally say, hey, improvise on this and write this for us because they can't do that. And, and that's fine. And I, I'm glad that the union says that. But I'm going to do it if it, unless they say, hey, listen, stick to the script. You should get to stick to the script. I mean, you should give them as a writer of copy and commercials, um, you should stick to the script and do their lines. But if you're good at it and you feel like something fits and it tracks with your character, definitely you're going to throw some stuff in mm-hmm. and make the language your own and make it more more real. If it's not like that, if it's, listen, your mother and I <laughs> think that uh, we're going to be divorced and things are going to change around the house. You're going to stick to the script and do that thing. But if there is room, if they do say, hey, man, have fun with it, make it your own, all those little little sayings that mean hey dude improvise you're okay go ahead Mm -hmm. i'm definitely going to do that and i'm going to train for improv uh, if i'm just getting into this but i'm going to train because if you can improvise there's nothing they can throw at you on a set or in an audition that you can't handle they could throw out the script and go geez it's not working Mm -hmm. and i want to be the guy that goes okay cool what's now what what are we going to do how can i help Mm -hmm. rather than oh shit i just memorized all that stuff and boy i was doing really good i really like what i was doing yeah um so yeah and what are your tips for training where do you like to go what do you do on your own um let me see uh for voiceover or for for on camera uh let's start on camera i would i would say you want to work with uh good casting directors um, Ross Lacey has a great class. Um, Allison Horn has a great class. These are casting people, and it's not pay for play, but they will get a look at you. Mm-hmm. And if you're good, they'll they might remember you. And either way, you're going to learn some stuff about what they like, how how to go at it, and be low maintenance. Put, put your phone down. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me. I've put my phone down. It's been sitting there the whole time, and I haven't yeah. picked it up because I'm majorly addicted. To most things, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but put your phone down, stay in focus. Um, oh, as far as training, I would, I would work. I, I mean, the the Groundlings is expensive. Those things are. If there's a drop-in class, West Side Comedy Club has a drop-in improv. Um, start look 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 for that. Find a find a home club that you like or a place that you like. You like their product. You like mm-hmm. what they do. Oh. I like that. I, I fit somewhere like that. It's the same way with voiceover. You're trying to break into voiceover. Listen to radio and TV. You don't listen to Sirius because they don't run that many mm-hmm, spots, mm-hmm. right? Listen to terrestrial radio. Google it. Um, <laughs> and listen where you fit. Oh, I have a version of that. Mm-hmm. I can talk like that. Or I can talk like that. You know, mm-hmm. or I can talk like Rubio's taco guy, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. Find out where you fit and then work outwards. Now, you've kind of also found a way to take your passions and things that you love, voiceover, acting, and all that, and now, like you t- mentioned earlier, going into the teaching, because you teach to the kids, yes. but you also teach all over voiceover workshops in other I do, countries. I do. So um, yeah, some of that. In the lat, you know, Marilyn Wisner, who's just a, such a backbone of our uh, voiceover coaching awesome. industry, um, years ago, she, I, I had 
sat with her at Jody Bradley's, where this is people you don't know. But anyway, Bradley's a nice guy, and I work <laughs> with him. And, and his wife is fabulous, two kids. Um, but I said, man, is anyone teaching conversational read or improv? And she goes, no. You know, and then a couple glasses of wine later, she's like, you should come. I, I'm going to have I said, yes, please. So I came in and did a voiceover uh, pros or meet the pros mm-hmm. with her. And it was great. I love teaching, and I got in front of people and taught. And this was maybe three and a half years ago. And a couple of the people went, hey, do you coach privately? And she said, yes, he does. And I went, yes, I do. <laughs> so I teach a lot via Skype. Mm-hmm. And then that led to Atlanta teaching in Atlanta, and then that led to, led to uh, voice tracks up in San Francisco, and then that led to my tornado of talent, um, Rachel Naylor in mm-hmm. London, who I'm just a, just a massive fan of. You ladies Rachel know, you guys know, she was on here too. She's, oh, well, oh, yeah, she yeah, did. She awesome. actually left my house to try. Yep. She's like, oh, just grab a lift. I'm like, you know it's five, right? You know it's four, and it's going to be like $1,000. No, it'd be great. Brilliant, brilliant. My daughter does a phenomenal uh, Rachel Naylor impression. (laughs) Yay, limoncello. (laughs) I can't do it. Anyway, um, I got to go teach over in uh, London and to the voiceover network, and they were just brilliant. So many different Mm -hmm. accents over there. Oh, don't start it. So that was great. And then we went to Scotland for four days Mm -hmm. with the kid. I took the kid, and uh, that was great. Met Dave Peacock, who's a great animation director over there. So Miranda got to take his class while I was talking. And it was just great. So I'm I'm doing, um, uh, Mary Lennon started this really cool thing called the VoiceOver, the VO Roadshow. And um, it's where you take three or two or three really good coaches in a, in a certain uh, emphasis, like Tom Pinto is an ace with narration. Uh, Jeff Howell is a promo guy. Dave Fenoy, Sissy is one of the, they're uh, just great mm-hmm. at each thing they do. Animation, narration, um, and commercials. And we come to a town, we'll come to a town, we'll party it down. No, sorry. <laughs> so we're in America. All right. So we come into town and we'll, it's like, you know, a year's worth of, coach, worth of coaching mm-hmm. in a weekend. So you'll spend time with each of us, and it starts soon. It starts like I have yeah. it, I have it uh, written down on my phone, not written down on my phone. Um, the first one is in L.A., and that is coming up January 26th, and that's with um, Jeff Howell for promos, Mary Lynn for commercials, and Tom Pinto for narrations. Then we're in San Francisco with me on commercials, Jeff on promos, and Sissy Jones on character video games. Sissy Jones has won another award. Um, because she's just friggin' fantastic. Amazing, yeah. Then we're going to Boston, Portland, Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville this year, and many other places. It's so great for all you people who have written in and asked about, you know, how to get involved in VO, what oh, classes this is to a go great to. Way. Yeah, it's wonderful because yeah. you don't have to worry about um, like those. Con- some of those conferences you talked about are great, but sometimes it's, it's just either a lot of money, a lot to travel to, yeah. you know, a lot. But to have them come, you guys go to their towns and go to these places are great opportunities for you guys to get. Taught by get some your, of the best people. Get your feet, get your feet wet and yeah. figure out what you want to do. There's also a great thing. I'm, I get to go to Spain with J, uh, J. Michael. J. Michael's, and that's really exciting. And that's already sold out, but that's a really intensive thing. That's a week where you work, and, and when you leave, you've got stuff recorded. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's all different ways to go at it. You can, you can get your foot wet. You can dive in all the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I definitely recommend. I'm sure they can probably go to Thank your you. Facebook site to sure, find out more sure. information about this. Sure. I don't have a website. I mean, I know, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Your Facebook site, like on Facebook. Well, to yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah, come yeah. to Facebook and you can always message me and, and we can chat. But the VO Roadshow yeah. has a site and um, uh, J. Michael Collins has a great site and he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff going on. So can I talk about the kid a little? That's yes, that was gonna go oh, there. Okay. Next, let's okay, talk good. about the kid. Okay, so, so this talk, yeah. This is something she did because we're giant nerds. Up a little bit. Can we can you guys see that can on you see there? That? No, no, no. Is that all right? This is from the award winning episode called The USS Callister on Black Mirror. And she hit me to the Black Mirror and we watched this that we she picked and chose she picked and chose which episode because it's an anthology. It's kinda mm-hmm. like Twilight Zone with a tech bent. Mm-hmm. But um anyway. It's the coolest show, and it's uh, very dark and very cool. And this episode was great, and we loved it. And she said, "Dad, I got a really good idea for a, a artwork." So we did this artwork, and it was, I, or she did it, and I went, "Oh my god, it's freaking great! We should make T-shirts." Started making T-shirts, and then um, Milanka, the gal that plays the blue girl, contacted us on on Instagram. Contacted mm-hmm. her and said, "I love that shirt. I'm in the cast," and we said, "We're giving you a shirt." So we sent her a shirt. Then she sent one to Oshi. And God, I'm not going to remember all their names because it's been a year. <sighs> but uh, Dudani, the guy that plays Dudani, he's all, they're all in London. They all got shirts. And then the director of photography, the sound car. So today, and then, and then um, Townsend Coleman, who's one of my voiceover heroes, took Miranda to a Netflix event where they watched the Callister on a big Use this calendar on a giant screen, and there was a panel discussion. And she asked a question at the end, and I said, "You got to take your damn shirts." She's very, she's a, she's the antithesis of me, right? If I have a big head, she is the most humble. (laughs) Oh my god, everything sucks. No, stay away. No, it's not good. So I said, "Take the shirts," and she goes, "Okay." So she bravely went up to uh, Jimmy Simpson and said, "Hey, I got you something." He's like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Like I made this." What do you mean you made this with your hands? She's like, "Yeah, "Yeah, I drew it," and he's like. This is amazing. This gives me goosebumps. This man. Yeah. Uh, she goes. This yeah. is amazing. Oh my god. This is so. He walks around the whole Netflix event. It was for your consideration space where they're trying to get people to look at their thing and vote for the Emmys, yeah. which it won and it should have won. Um, but uh, he took it around to everybody. Christy Milotti and the, I'm going to get his name wrong because I always get say Corey Brooker, but it's Booker. Um, mm-hmm. And he uh, he got one. The creator of the whole series. So about. 150 of the crew of this thing have my daughter's shirt and it's fabulous. Uh, and then we moved on, then we moved on to the Peaky Blinders and then <sighs> some of their crew yeah. started asking for it. So it's a very weird world where people that she does fan art for like Jermaine Clement, like she did some for Tamatoa after Moana and he, and she did another thing for what we do in the shadows, which is also him. He messages her and says, this is really cool. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. She did one for Mindhunter and the Holy Holt McElhaney um, contacted her as well and said, this is great. My, my friend who's in the FBI really loves it. And then he contacted her and bought a coat. You know, it's just a yeah. weird. It'd be as if, like, Marsha Brady called me and said, man, I really like your drawings. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's insane yeah. the, the amount of connection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With the actual, some of them are you can tell they're a managed account and they're like, Hey, thanks for watching. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, tell me, I could tell you how to get more followers. You know, you can see when yeah. it's not that, but there are so many people that know who she is because of her fan art. Yeah. And, uh, that's just really fun. Yeah. And we were, ta- I was talking to her about the Tom girl thing. Cause mm-hmm. the cat, I think the category has broadened since I was a kid. 
Mm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? How I started it was it was I grew up a tomboy, but I also yeah. love like girly things like well, I love fashion, where, red carpets, like that's all where that. She, so. That's where she is because yeah. she she was never. We were I was you know I I was asked to be d- divorced when she was three, so I was a single dad at three, and it was like what the fuck do I do here? So I'm a museum guy, I'm a nature guy, I'm a you know that's where I'm happiest. So immediately we got memberships to the, and that's what I would say to any single father or single mother: mm-hmm. get a membership to the Natural History Museum, the uh, Long Beach Aquarium, and any other museum that you can because it's it's a great place to start them. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place. That's where we would exercise and run too. Besides that, in Sports Chalet, mm-hmm. a lot of awesome. time in Sports Chalet, hiding <laughs> in the sleeping bags. When it closed, <laughs> we're like, oh man, yeah. that was our. That was our gym. You're so. very so. Um, I love like watching this father daughter you know relationship, and you're very supportive of her artwork and getting every you know everything out there. Like what are what are some things that you've learned along the way, like navigating being like the father of a tom oh, girl? And well, I'll t- I'll tell you. Like when people go, oh my god, you're such a good dad. I'm like, thank you. I'm good at some things and I'm horrible at others. But nobody posts about when you make your daughter cry because you're putting too much pressure on them or you say something wrong or put or just, you know, do yeah. horrible things. Um, being more aware of when where when to back off is that's I've learned a lot about that because she is so damn good at so many things. She's such a good singer. She's such a good artist. She just she did ADR for the escape room, mm. which is the number two movie in the country. And I sat next to her and I said, OK, tap me when one of your lines. She was like. Tapping me when I didn't recognize her voice, yeah. and it was she has a phenomenal ear. So it's 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 about for me. It's about finding when to shut the hell up and get out of the way, mm-hmm. and when to gently go. Hey, you you know those those people want that picture that you drew, so we need to print those up. You know, yeah. It's a balance, and I I fail miserably constantly. I re- I really do. And I, I'm doing my best. We're all just doing our yeah, best. Yeah, man. How fun has it been? I think we have a picture um, before we go to the travel one. I want oh, to talk Thailand. about. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear about this next. I want to hear. Oh, I cool. have a picture of you guys oh, in. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that's a couple of her artwork. Um, and then you guys also were in like the VO booth together. How's it been to have oh, got, get was, a share? Like you said, she's oh, just doing was, voice ADR, but getting her to kind of follow your passion it now. Was the, that? It was the best. She um, she started right, she because she could read really early. Because she has a big, a giant brain, she could read early, and I brought her into ICM, and she would, she would book. Uh, at the time, her mom didn't want her to get into it, so eventually we, we weren't able. To, ICM was like, "Look, we can't not have her show up," so we had to stop. Yeah. Um, but we were able to pick it up um, in the last four years. So, but she could read really early, and she has a really good ear, and so she nearly won an Emmy. Um, for a promo video she did for the University of Miami when she was five, mm-hmm. so. You know, there was a big gap there, but she already had a good handle on it. And what happened last year was I read for a McDonald's spot with her, and that was really fun. And then she booked it, and I did not. <laughs> so I was the driver to drive oh, her yeah. to the studio. But it's 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 really fun. To you didn't watch. peek in. Sure, you didn't want really... me. Sure, didn't want me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really good at being her dad. Yeah, okay, hey. good. I'll be right over here. But it's you know, good lord, it's fun to sit in in a movie theater and watch your daughter, you know, yeah. your daughter's work. It's just, it's phenomenal. Great. It's the coolest thing. It's yeah. the coolest thing. I can't think of anything better. Right. Well, now let's go to the adventure pictures. I, I, I stalked your, I think this was your Instagram or Facebook, oh, yeah, but yeah, I found yeah. these. So I want to hear about this adventure you guys this took is, together. My brother has a uh, um, a chalet in uh, a, a boutique hotel in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand. 
And my mom flew us all over there two years ago. So we stayed there for seven days and we did everything. He had these vans rented for us. So we had a driver and we did Mm -hmm. every freaking thing you could do. We went zip lining. We went to hang with the elephants, the rescue elephants, not the ones. Mm -hmm. Don't ride on the elephants. They're not fans Mm -hmm. of that. It hurts them. So we went and fed them and hung out with them in the zip line. Ah, There you go. So it it was just... One of the coolest. It's a long hmm. ass flight, and flying to Beijing, and then you know being stuck on a dark tarmac like you're part of Argo for a, you know an hour is weird, but uh, it was great. It was just the coolest thing, and my whole family was there, and no one was no one killed mm-hmm. each other. So it was great. And the food was. He's got these chefs, and they're just so happy to see you. The Thai people are just the most gracious yeah. people that I think I've ever met. Hmm. They're just thrilled, and the, we had. So many different types of food, and um, the kids just loved it. She got her hair dyed. You get a, like a, an hour and a half massage for three dollars, and you like my brother says, if you want to start a restaurant in Thailand, get a stove. Because <laughs> there, I mean, I walked across the street and had this red curry thing at a place that had three seats. Oh. <laughs> at the table, and it was you get a, a Chiang Mai beer, and uh, it was just it was the coolest. Yeah. thing. it was just great. It was oh, one of the greatest trips. Amazing. Yeah. Sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, you All love right. it. He yeah. has this. He has this great chalet, and it's really inexpensive, and it's first class all the way. It's right on the river, and it's just stunning. Yeah, I'm marking that down. Yeah, yeah. No, you absolutely should. Yeah, it's called uh, it's called 88 Place, and it's in Thailand, and it is phenomenal. Yeah. You will have you will be attended to every possible need you can imagine. I'll take that three hour massage for sure. I know. And the <laughs> yeah. night bazaar is really great. And watching my my niece uh, Hartley was the best uh, haggler because they're like really like you know we were like okay you don't take the first or second offer if you really yeah. want it you just wait and the guy and she would go how much is this and Hartley would, and and the guy would say you know that's like uh, forty five baht and Hartley would go. <laughs> She go thirty. Oh, she barely even spoke. Yeah. You know, she's I think eleven at the time, but she was just amazing. Oh. We called it Lutheraning them down. <laughs> I know that. Right? Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, I could talk to you forever, and I know we're just about out of time. Oh, we are. Oh, my yeah, God, that was before fast. we go. Oh, yeah. Real, well, we, we, there's another shot there of you. you there go. you are, short That's, surfing too. You go. You're a big surfer, so I like That's to do the good... old school twenties. You know, like those sort of the onesie that the guy yeah, used with yep. the stripes. That's right down from Muscle Beach there at my home break at Venice. Mason Brown's not there, but he's usually there. And uh, We surf there every Sunday, so if you want to come down, um, I'm sort of a, sh- a beach Sherpa. Mm-hmm. So I bring all the... I've tried to get you down I know, there several I know. times. Resolution, I am coming Dude, this year. I for promise sure. you. And I promise everybody, this is the same promise. We'll get you up on a surfboard long enough to get a new profile picture. I'm and in. that's all it takes. I'm in. Is it, really this over? Rain. is it really over? It is, but oh real well, God. we're coming real quick. We get we okay, do cool. Tom Girl of the Week here each week. Oh, this good. is my Tom Girl of the Week, uh, Paige Van Zant, just because I absolutely freaking love this woman and she is fighting this Saturday night um, on ESPN, you oh, guys. Wow, cool. Yeah, so she's uh in the um, Who's she fighting? She she's fighting Rachel Ostovich. Okay. My um, you know, my cousins are Nick and Nate Diaz, mm, who are oh, MMA champions I didn't and know that. some of the most badass fighters ever. Yeah. How funny yeah. that yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her. Yeah. She is a badass. She is a badass, and she's so cute, and she's just fun Instagram and stuff, too. 
she has a new book out called Rise. So she's an author. She, she's a chef. She was on Dancing with the Stars. I just think she's a fun, spunky personality. So if you guys want to check out the fight this weekend, check that out. Beautiful. All right. So before we wrap up with you, sure. anything like what's next? Where <clears throat> can we kind of said where um, people get your classes? I did. But- I, uh, I do have the Walgreens commercial running. I'm still punching up scripts that I can't talk about. Um, I did some commercials. Um, that I don't think I can talk about, mm-hmm. but it rhymes with um, Apple. Mm-hmm. If I let's say it rhymes with Apple. Ah, I got it. <laughs> all right. <Okay. laughs> I Is that I all right? It. Yep, yep, yep. How many S's in, in apples? <laughs> Jesus, I was a little slow on that one. <laughs> no, you weren't. I think it, when I said it, I was like, "It's not Apple computers." That you know, because I haven't thought of that, dr- that drink for a while. That yeah. drink, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's a great mm-hmm. drink. Tastes just like the fruit. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're talking about. Yep. Yes, exactly. They're, fu- they're damn funny, too. Okay, well, say. look out for those. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, please do. <laughs> right. And um, I'll be in San Francisco teaching, and uh, I'm all, also, I teach, I Skyped all over the country each week. All right. And again, how can people contact you if they, you want, they you want to You can absolutely teach. hit me up on, on, on in, my Instagram, Scott, Scott underscore Parkin or something Scott, like that. Scott Parkin underscore. Yeah, that's my daughter working again. <laughs> and then uh, I have Facebook, uh, America's Commercial Actor. I'm always there. Um, Real Stories from a Reluctant Adult is on Facebook as well. Just message me. I'm around. All right. Well, thank you so thank much. You, darling, thank you, Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad. I wasn't sure that you had boys on. And I was like, Oh, we hey, do. Oh, clearly. We like yeah. the boys, Joseph too. Joe Cipriano yes. said he'd been on. So, yeah. And Rachel's been on. So I'm just glad. It's a great show. Yep. Thank you for coming. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right. My pleasure. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you here again next week. Bye-bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.